Hey everyone, welcome to Scribe Book School, where you're gonna learn everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. One of the most common questions we get here at Scribe is, how do I get my book on a bestseller list? And our answer, ignore the bestseller lists. In this episode, I'm gonna show you why. But if you still want some tips to get your book on the bestseller list, I'll show you how it works and how you can get there. Why every bestseller list is always a lie. Simply put, every bestseller list is a lie because no bestseller list measures the bestselling books. Let me repeat that. No bestseller list measures the bestselling books. Every single list is either measuring a limited number of sales in a few places, or worse, it's a curated list that a small group of people are deciding what to put on it. And they're picking books based on what they think are important books, not based on what's actually selling. This is not an opinion. They all admit this. The most important bestseller list is the New York Times bestseller list. And they're the worst culprit at this curated elitism. They readily admit that their list is only reflective of books that are selling at a certain number of bookstores and online retailers around the country, but not an actual bestseller list. Do you know why they have to admit this publicly? They were sued about it. So remember The Exorcist? So before it became a popular movie, it was actually a novel by author William Blatty, and it sold like gangbusters. 10 million copies sold to date. But even after selling tons of copies, it didn't appear on the New York Times bestseller list. Now, William rightly claimed that the New York Times was intentionally excluding it for editorial reasons. The book was considered really controversial at the time, understandably, and he claimed that their decision cost him millions of dollars in sales. He lost the case, but why? Because the New York Times defense was that the list did not purport to be an object compilation of information, but instead was an editorial product. The New York Times won the case in multiple rulings all the way up to the Supreme Court based on the argument that the list is not supposed to be accurate. It just reflects their judgment. It's a valid legal argument, but for you, it means that the New York Times admitted their bestseller list is a popularity contest. It's not a list of best-selling books. They select who they will and won't put in the cool kids club. It's like high school all over again. The same thing is true to different degrees with the other major bestseller lists, like the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Publishers Weekly. They all play the same game why most authors are better off not trying for bestseller lists. Right now, you might be thinking, okay, even if it's all true, being a best-selling author is still a goal of mine, and I want to go for it. Okay, that's fine. I'm not telling you it can't be a goal, but before you decide to go do it anyway, you need to be aware of two things. Number one, how hard it is to do and the trade-offs that are involved. And believe me, they are big. And number two, why it really is that you're so eager to become a best-selling author. The prerequisites for a best-selling campaign. In order for you to even have a chance at getting on the New York Times bestseller list, you must do all three of these things. Number one, you need to get a traditional publishing deal. 
With the exception of a few fiction genres like romance and horror, the New York Times still won't recognize any book that doesn't come from one of the big New York publishing houses as being fit for their list. That's why I said it's a high school click mentality. This is why most of the self-published or hybrid published books that have sold hundreds of thousands of copies over the past decade have never appeared on this list. They refuse to recognize them. For example, James Altucher's book, Choose Yourself. We actually helped him publish that book through our publishing company, Scribe, and it sold over 500,000 copies since it came out. It even appeared on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, but no appearances on the New York Times bestseller list, even though it was outselling 99% of the books that appeared on that list since it came out. Why? Because it's not through a major New York publishing house, so they won't count it. Number two, you need to have a realistic plan to get 10,000 pre-orders. This cannot be a cross your fingers and hope it works out. It can't be a wish. If you don't have 10,000 pre-ordered books through sales channels that the New York Times sees as valid and counts in their list, you're probably not gonna hit the list. And that means books ordered or bought at a bookstore that reports its sales to the New York Times or through Amazon or iBooks or some of the other major channels that the New York Times counts. You can't just order 10,000 copies from your publisher. They won't count that, that's cheating. They also won't count any bulk sales that aren't routed through a channel that the New York Times recognizes, which means those sales have to be done individually. Yes, this is a total racket. There are a lot of experts who will tell you you only need to sell 5,000 copies to hit the bestseller list. That's not wrong but it doesn't usually work. The 5,000 number is usually only applicable to known authors and books that have already been on the list. It is very dangerous for first time or non-established authors to think 5,000 sales will get them on the list. It doesn't work that way. So how do you get 10,000 pre-orders? There are two basic ways to do it. Number one, you already have an audience who's willing to pre-order your book. Or number two, you spend a ton of money to buy your way onto the list. Now, a lot of authors view this as basically cheating. And in reality, it costs more than $250,000 to do it. And if you keep watching, I'll explain how you can do it at the end of this video. Now, if you don't have an audience, or an email list who are used to buying from you, but you just think, well, I'll go on some podcasts and I'll put out some tweets and Facebook posts and I'll get some pre-orders. You're delusional. That doesn't work. And only a systematic plan that is very well executed with a team is going to get you there. Number three, you need to get some mainstream press to validate your book. Now, this isn't 100% necessary, but the more mainstream media press that you get, the more book editors at the New York Times will consider your book to be valid. I'm serious when I said that this is a popularity contest, and if you wanna be popular, you gotta show up at the right places. So when I say mainstream media, I mean any media source centered around New York City or that the coastal media elite read and take seriously. Like I keep telling you, they are elitist snobs. <laughs> they don't count anything that's not in their universe, no matter how much it sells. By the way, the mainstream press 
almost never sells books. It doesn't count really towards your book sales. This is only about getting editors at the New York Times to take you seriously. It is not about moving books. What is the trade-off for going for a bestseller list? There are five major trade-offs in order to go for a bestseller list. Number one, there's no guarantee that you'll get a publishing deal. It is a huge amount of effort to find an agent to represent you to a traditional publisher. And then it's really hard to do a good book proposal that will appeal to a publisher. And then you have to get offered a book deal, which in this day and age, you're not gonna get unless you have a very large audience to sell into already. And many people put all this work in and they never even get offered a deal. So it's a potential huge waste of your time. Number two, your book will take a minimum of 18 months to publish. And that is from the day that you sign the deal. It's not the day you start looking. It's not the day you start working on your proposal. It is the day that you get offered and sign on the deal. Number three, you no longer own your book. You're literally selling them not only the upside profits of the book, but more importantly, you're selling them control of your intellectual property. Once they own the book, they only care about selling copies and you can no longer do anything with that book that doesn't involve paying them for copies of it. If you want a book to help you promote you or your business, this really restricts your options. Number four, they will make you write a book that you don't want to write. If you want to position yourself as an expert in something and they don't think it appeals to enough people, they don't care about you or your business. They care about selling copies of your book. So they'll make you go broader and they will make consistently terrible aesthetic decisions that will ruin your content for your purposes because again, publishers only care about selling books. And number five, you do all the work to sell it. Your publishers aren't gonna market the book for you. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Publishers expect you to do all the work of selling the book for them. They don't have a plan to sell 10,000 copies of your book, that's your job. Why these trade-offs hurt most authors? Simply put, these trade-offs are not worth it for most authors. And at Scribe, most of the authors we work with are not professional writers. They're C-level executives, they're entrepreneurs, consultants, coaches, speakers, and other types of successful professionals for whom their book is not really the end goal. A book is a way to reach another goal, like getting more clients or more business opportunities. Their book can help them gain authority and credibility in their field. It can drive leads to their business. It can get them speaking gigs. It essentially acts as this amazingly effective multi-purpose marketing tool that gets them visibility. They don't need to focus on selling copies. They need to focus on writing the best possible book for their audience and their goal. Selling copies matters if book sales are your only revenue stream, which is only true for professional authors. For people in business, a book has a totally different purpose that often has zero correlation with selling copies. How to get on every bestseller list. All right, so you've decided to ignore my advice and you still wanna go for the bestseller list. Fair enough. There are two principles that apply to all bestseller lists. One, velocity of sales. 
and two, reporting. Let's start with the first one. In this case, velocity of sales is defined as the amount of book sales within a specific period. So selling 5,000 books in a year is a good performance, right? But it's not going to get you on any of the big bestseller lists. You need to concentrate those sales in one week, and then you're looking at possibly hitting many of those lists. Now, it's hard to sell 5,000 books in a year. To sell 5,000 books in a week is ridiculously difficult. As evidence that only a very small percentage of all books published each year do it. In fact, barring some extreme stroke of luck, the only way we've ever seen a first-time author or a lesser-known author hit any significant bestseller list is by first creating a large platform with an installed audience that's waiting for the book, and then they sell the book into that audience. So to put it simply, creating an audience of buyers for your book prior to your release is the best way to get the velocity of sales needed to hit a bestseller list. Reporting sales is key. Now, not all book sales count for all lists because there's no list that actually measures all book sales from all outlets. In the purest sense, again, there is no such thing as a real bestseller list. Every list has their own method of counting sales, and each list only counts a fraction of places that books are sold. So Amazon only counts books sold on Amazon. The New York Times bestseller list only counts the physical bookstores that it tracks and a few online sellers, but it weighs them differently. It's important that you know that lists count sales and then focus on creating velocity of sales in those ways only. The rules of the bestseller list matter. So even though the odds are against you, it's not impossible to do it, but if you wanna have a shot to make a list, you must understand how bestseller lists work so you don't accidentally do something that interferes with the possibility of hitting the list. For example, when Mark Echo's book Unlabel came out in 2013, it sold over 15,000 copies in its first week, but the publisher had improperly listed Echo's book as an art book instead of a business book. And this decision alone kept the book off all the bestseller lists. So you need to know the rules to bestseller lists because breaking them can keep your book off the list even if it deserves to be there. So you can find the specific details for several bestseller lists in the blog post in the description below, how to get on the New York Times bestseller list and every other bestseller book list. Just use the link in the description. The cheat code, buying your way onto the list. All right, so as I said, services exist that will guarantee that you get on the list, but for a very large fee. They are really expensive, and for the most part, if you read the fine print, their results aren't actually guaranteed, despite what they claim in their ads. So it's estimated that a large number of books that hit the bestseller list are bought, at least 50 to 100 per year on average for the last decade. And like I said before, buying a place on the list, it's cheating and it's a pure ego play. If you wanna spend a quarter of a million dollars, and yes, that's what it costs at a minimum, to see your name on the New York Times bestseller list, if that's worth it to you, then go for it. Just be upfront with yourself about why you're doing it. So to sum up, if you decide to write a book, I strongly recommend that you focus on writing the best possible book for your business instead of focusing on getting your book on a bestseller list. I guarantee the results will be far more rewarding and long lasting.
Thanks so much for listening to the episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this episode valuable, then definitely check out our free online workshops at scribebookschool.com. During the workshop, we'll teach you our exact step-by-step process for how to write, publish, and market your book. It's totally free, and you can watch it right from the comfort of your home. Again, you can sign up at scribebookschool.com. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School. Scribe Book School.